Hey guys, welcome to episode three of the Naked Marriage Podcast, where we are undressing the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. We are so glad that you're tuning back in with us. And on today's podcast, we're gonna talk about something really important, and it's actually a two-part uh, podcast. So we definitely want you to tune into episode three and episode four. Yeah, that's right. I can't believe three weeks have already passed. You know, time flies when you're having fun. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for those who have subscribed. Um, We're so excited to take this journey with you. So yeah, it's all about affairs over the next couple of weeks. Now this first one, it's how to prevent it. We're gonna talk all today about how to affair-proof your marriage, one of the best things you can do for your marriage. Tune in next week for part two, where we're gonna go and we're gonna dive into the mess of what to do in the aftermath of an affair. But let's start today starting the conversation of how do we affair-proof a marriage? One of the most important things you can do for your marriage, we can do for our marriage, is to affair-proof your marriage. Because once infidelity happens, whether it's an emotional affair, whether it's a full-fledged sexual affair, the aftermath of that is just absolutely horrendous. Now, in the next episode, we're going to dive in specifically to that aftermath. I know a lot of you are in that situation right now. You're, You're saying, what do we do? How do we get over it? How do we move forward? All of next episode, that's all we're going to talk about. But in this episode, we're going to talk about how to prevent it. Because preventing an affair is, I'm telling you, it's it's the best thing you can do for your marriage. Yes, for sure. And it really it really boils down to the habits we have. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it's, sometimes it's the most subtle things, like things we don't even think about that, that we're doing that really is kind of setting ourselves up for the temptation of an affair. And that's kind of what leads people to end up having an affair in the first place. I, I always say this, I really don't think anybody you know, wakes up one morning and is like, what can I do to go bust up my marriage and hurt my spouse and and just have an affair? You know, I don't think anybody has that intention. But I think what happens is we have subtle behaviors that kind of open us up to the temptation and really lead us astray. And, 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 you know, we go down a path that we never thought we'd be on. And there's such destruction. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's awful. And, you know, we want to share these things that you can do to prevent having an affair with you because that's a better place to be. And sometimes you can be right on the cusp, you know, right on the cusp of getting ready to, you know, meet up with somebody in a hotel room. And if that's you listening, I mean, I really want you to tune in. And maybe your heart is already kind of feeling this pull towards someone else who is not your spouse. You know, you can stop now. And it's better to stop now. So what are those things? You know, first and foremost, I think about, you know, not having boundaries that need to be in place with people of the opposite sex. And, you know, this especially is true when it comes to like people that we're gonna come in contact with daily, like our neighbors, you know, people we see at our kids' school, our work, you know, the people we work with. We need to be really careful about how we treat those people. And I know that we need to come across them. We're we're gonna have to interact with them, but there's boundaries that need to be in place. And one thing I think about that I know for a fact has led to more affairs than I would even, you know, like to talk about. I mean, I hate it, is that people will text each other. You know, they'll text with someone of the opposite sex privately, and there's no one else on this text. And before you know it, it it starts out as like a, just a a business type text, you know, it's for work or it's for school or whatever. And it, it ends up being, you know, kind of flirtatious and they kind of keep the text going. And before you know it, there's this little bit of connection between this other, you and this other person of the opposite sex. And then, you know, you start kind of having a relationship that is inappropriate and then it leads to other things. And so I would encourage you, if, if that's you, 
put your put your spouse on that text. If you have to be in contact with that person, put your spouse on it. If it's a work-related thing, put somebody else at work on that text because that way it kind of keeps you beyond reproach. It keeps you, you know, to keeping it more professional than personal. And, and it just kind of, it, it helps us to not form those bonds because that's really, it happens innocently, I think, but we have to be, you know, willing to do things that might seem weird to some people to kind of keep ourselves on guard. Yeah, I think you cannot be afraid to appear a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, because your marriage is worth it. I mean, be countercultural. Do things that other people aren't doing. That's right. Those are great suggestions we, you just gave. I, I was reminded of that. I was um, sending an email um, with, with a, a woman who who works at a church that was talking to us about potentially coming to you know to speak there doing a marriage event, and she she worked at this church and I noticed that on her email she had copied in every correspondence her husband who was not even on staff at this church like he yeah. was you know he had like another another job but it was just that subtle way of saying I'm inviting my spouse into every correspondence I have uh, right. with someone of the opposite sex. And I know in, in today's business world, you might just laugh and think that's archaic or that's crazy or that's impractical. But I'm telling you for us, and this is something that we've, we've tried to do, um, you know, we even shared an Apple ID so that we, we see each other's text messages. It keeps us in, engaged in each other's world. It's not, it's not because we don't trust each other. It's because we do trust each other so much that we invite each other into every aspect of what we're doing. And when you start compartmentalizing your life and saying, now this section of my life, my spouse isn't allowed in. This section of my career, this section of my bank account, this section of my phone, my spouse is not allowed there. That's only for me. That is the place. That is the place where an affair can take root. That's the yeah. place where your marriage can start to unravel. But when you commit to total transparency in every area of your marriage, it's gonna help you have the naked marriage. That's why we call this podcast The Naked Marriage. We want you to be naked, not just physically, even though that's awesome and that's important, but completely transparent, vulnerable, and connected emotionally, spiritually, on every level. And maybe that level of connection, it scares you because you haven't had it. But I'm telling you, once you've experienced that, you'll never wanna go back. You won't wanna settle for anything less than that in your marriage, but you've got to be willing to invite your spouse in and say, I want you to be connected to every part of my life, my phone, my career, my dreams, everything, because that's what marriage is meant to be. And I don't want to settle for anything less. It's so true. You know, I think another thing we really have to watch is, you know, who are we keeping secrets with? Because, we, you know, we talk about, we call this literally the Naked Marriage Podcast because we believe that we need to have a naked marriage. And that's really what God intended. You know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, it says they were naked and unashamed. And they were physically naked to one another. And that's an awesome part of marriage, you know, in the sexual way. But they were also emotionally naked. They didn't have any secrets between each other. And, and that's really what God wants for marriages because really, when we keep secrets from one another, that is just just a breeding ground for temptation, for affairs, for, you know, inappropriate relationships. And so we've really got to watch, you know, keeping secrets. And I always, you know, Dave and I always remind ourselves this, but I always want to tell people that we need to be careful, you know, when we're talking to someone, if they ask us to keep a secret. And, and when we're talking to someone of the opposite sex, if we would not have our spouse right next to us during that conversation and feel completely 100% comfortable, then we're probably in a danger zone in that conversation. And so we need to think about when we're talking to someone at work of the opposite sex, we need to think, you know, would I be totally comfortable if my husband was just listening to this whole thing? And if not, I mean, I would leave that conversation. You don't wanna be kind of in that danger zone. And I think a lot of times when we're first having those kind of conversations, you know, our heart kind of, we kind of feel that alarmed sense in our heart. But I think the more 
that we kind of make concessions and we allow ourselves to be pulled in, we start losing that radar because we become kind of used to it. And so if you're listening right now and you're like, ooh, I've had some text conversations. I've had some, you know, actual face-to-face conversations with people. And I really don't think that my spouse would, you know, be proud of me in that situation or feel comfortable, you know, with me saying those things. I probably need to rein that in. You know, I would encourage you to distance yourself from that person because, you know, the truth is the more we share secrets or even personal information, the more we're being vulnerable with someone else who is not our spouse, the more we are bonded with that yeah, person. That's right. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be awkward. And some of you listening might be like, that is ridiculous. You know, I am a I'm a big girl. I'm a grown man. You know, I don't, I don't need to do that. I, mean, I can handle it. It's just like, so I hear this all the time. It's just flirtatious banter. Yeah, you know, but or, that no, flirtatious banter like, is literally the soundtrack of an affair. I mean, like we've got me to stop. That, that friendship is wrong. How can friendship be wrong? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, like the two most, sorry to cut you off, sweetie. No, I, no, I, 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 know, I like where you're going with this. Go for so, it. So I'm thinking back in my life, um, and, and all my life I've, I've been kind of preaching this message that like when you, when you're a married person and you have these close friendships of the opposite sex, um, that n- nothing good comes from that. No. Okay, now the two the two people in my life who um, most directly argued with me about that, um, one was a friend who, who we worked together, uh, you know, shortly after college, we went to college together and she and her husband were friends. Um, and she would just argue with me. She would say, that's the most, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's ridiculous. Uh, then the second one is is a, a woman who worked with me. Um, she was a secretary at the church where I worked, and this was several years back. And she just said, I'm sorry, but I just strongly disagree. I think that you can and should have great friends of the opposite sex. Now, these are the two that that really argued with me most about it. The first one, um, she, actually, she left her husband for a lesbian relationship. The second one um, had an affair with one of her high school children's uh, best friends who was, he was like 19 at the time. And she was, you know, in her, in her late thirties because she created such a bond with this guy as right. a friend. She didn't go in. And there was no was guards up. Right. right. There was just no guards up. It was just, Hey, we're just really friends. We really connect. I'm, I'm mentoring you almost like in this motherly way. And the next right. thing you know, they're, they're involved in a full-fledged sexual affair that, that, that just created devastating aftermath in their family. So, any time, any time that, I don't know, you're crossing the line. And here's here's some of the warning signs. Just here, here are some of the warning signs that, to be aware of that you might think, well, how do I know if I'm in a relation, if I'm in a friendship with someone of the opposite sex that's leading somewhere unhealthy? Here's, here's a few of them. Number one, um, if you're dressing in the morning, putting something on and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I hope she notices this. I hope he notices this. I hope she notices the cologne I'm wearing. I hope he notices this dress I'm wearing. He complimented it last time. I'm going to walk by his cubicle and see if he compliments it this time. If you, if you are dressing to impress someone other than your spouse, man, that's that's dangerous. Oh, it's so dangerous. And you know, I think too, sometimes too, we, we do that because we are longing for compliments. We are longing for attention. And a lot of times we'll think, well, you know, this person at work really notices me. My husband doesn't notice me. You know, he noticed my new haircut. My husband didn't notice. And we start comparing. And that's just really dangerous territory. Instead of trying to impress this other person at work and trying to get compliments from them, we need to go to our spouse and say, 
I just don't feel like you're noticing me these days. Like, I need to spend more time with you. I think we're kind of losing touch. I mean, that's what we need to do. We don't need to try to look outside our marriage. You know, another thing is I think sometimes when we are, you know, seeing this other person of the opposite sex as being better than our spouse, we can even go to that person and start talking about our marriage problems. And let me tell you all, that is literally messing with fire because what you're doing is first and foremost, you're letting that person know things aren't good at home. I'm open, you know? because you're confiding in that other person of the opposite sex. And you're also, you're really opening it up to make that person make themselves look that much better. Because of course, if you're saying my husband, you know, he doesn't want to spend time with me, this other person of the opposite sex would be like, oh, gosh, you could do so much better. You know, if I had you, I would spend so much time with you. I would just treasure you because they're going to talk a big game. I mean, it just really opens ourselves up to just messing with fire and really bonding with this person and and taking ourselves kind of down a road again that we never thought we would go down. And so we have got, we have got to be careful about that. And, and if you are having marriage problems, do not go to your, you know, friend in quotation marks of the opposite sex. Please do not do that. Please talk to your spouse first and foremost, and then find a trusted friend who is is not of the opposite sex that you can talk to, that you know loves God, loves you, and loves your spouse, and is pro-marriage. Because if right. you don't talk to someone who has those qualities, they're most likely gonna give you, you know, advice that really isn't the best advice and is not gonna be the best thing for your marriage. Yeah, and they might love you and still give you terrible Absolutely. advice. Absolutely, Your hairdresser might love you, But if she's been married five times, is currently divorced, and every other lady in their cutting hair is in the same boat, you know, chances are, as much as they love you, they're not going to give you the best biblically grounded advice to create and sustain a long-term marriage. So it's not enough that they care about you. It's not enough that they're a friend. You've got to be so intentional in those moments of vulnerability where you get your marriage advice. Oh, yeah. And Ashley gave you, I hope you were listening— the perfect criteria. Do they love you? And do they love God? And do they love your spouse? And are they believers in marriage? Yeah. Um, and if they're missing any one of those components, there's going to be there's going to be some real massive holes in the advice that they give yeah. because they're not coming from the worldview that you need to build that rock solid lifelong marriage. And so, yeah, be very careful because you are vulnerable um, when the marriage is hurting, and any advice can sound true at the time. So you got to make sure right. that you're you're checking the source. You know, I'd also say this too, maybe you're not the one who's having the feelings, like maybe you're not feeling an attraction to someone else of the opposite sex who is not your spouse, but maybe there's somebody at your work who keeps on asking you to be alone with them. You know, years ago when I was, we were newlyweds and I was working um, at an office, there was a guy that would always ask me to ride with him. He would always come over and wanna talk at my desk. And my husband happened to know this guy because we all went to college together. And then even on on campus, because we got married when I married when I was still in college, on campus he would just kind of slyly always be around. And and my husband did not like this guy, and I I noticed uh, it too. I mean, it was I haven't like, seen him in twenty years, and I still yeah, don't like him. No, seriously, I still like, think he's a tool. No, we were literally we were literally sitting talking to one of his brothers, and he comes in in a towel with no shirt on. That's how hard this guy was kind of coming around. I know it's like we're all like shaking our heads here. Like it's so ridiculous. But let me tell you, and I told Dave every time I was like, this guy, he keeps on wanting me to ride. You know, we were working at an attorney's office and I said, he keeps on wanting me to run the documents with him. And I just refused. I'm like, no, you know, this is, you know, this is not good. It only takes one of us first and foremost, but it was like, and I don't know if he was consciously trying to do this, but he just, 
I think it was like he was trying to find ways to have conversations. Every time I was in the copy room, which was a small copy room, he would try to come and talk to me. And so what I would do, noticing that this is very unhealthy behavior, you know, I would I would always try to just get out of that situation. And I would say no, you know, or I would bring someone into the situation because someone else can be pursuing it. Or maybe even if they're not consciously pursuing it, they just are exhibiting unhealthy behaviors for your marriage. You need to get yourself out of that situation. And, it, and once you do that, it protects your marriage. And, you know, if we don't, if we aren't willing to do those things, then we kind of leave ourselves open to temptation. Yeah, and looking back, um, I didn't see him as, as an actual threat. I just kind of saw him as, is an idiot, but I I should have. And I don't remember if I ever did this, but I should have confronted him and just said, "Listen, you, you stay away from my wife." I should have. Yeah. And and looking back now, I, that's that's what I should have done. You know, we had some friends who were neighbors who went through something similar. His wife worked at a school. There was a, a coach at that school who um, who was just kind of getting a little bit too flirty. He would he would send her emails that were not. Um, anything work-related. It was just like he was always just trying to like email, trying to connect with her, um, complimenting her on on like what she was, you know, wearing and things like that. And my friend just, he just showed up at the school one day and just, uh, you know, found this guy and said, listen, um, never email my wife. I think that's awesome. Never email, yeah, don't <laughs> don't email my wife. Like you, you don't, if you, if you ever have to talk to her about something work-related, um, make sure other people are around. But yeah. you don't need to email her. You don't need to tell her that you like her blouse. And this guy was like falling all over himself trying to apologize, make because excuses. Because he was caught. He was. He yeah. was busted. Like he knew that it was inappropriate. He knew that he was he was going down an inappropriate road. And I think right. I think sometimes it takes that level of of bluntness. Sometimes yeah. it takes uh, just saying like, listen, you know, I, this this is not this is not happening. This right. is not going to happen. And you can think I'm a weirdo or whatever, but. Hey, to your credit, sweetie, when that guy walked in in his towel without his shirt on, I do remember you saying, "Go get." Go no, put I did a shirt tell him. On. I looked at him and I said, like said "Go put some clothes on." Go put on. some clothes on. You, I mean, we're yeah. all just like, "What is?" I mean, this it guy was in doing? a college dorm. I mean, we were all like, very "I'm the young only the girl there." Yeah, and, and he walked I'm like, in. What like, is going on? And I did. I did. I just no. Like, I remember like, your face, and I remember you standing you, up. So, to your credit, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, listen here, pretty boy. Go. I know. It's like, come on. But you know, we have to be willing to do those things, and we have to be willing to protect our spouse in that way. You know, sometimes it takes, like, you know, it is that man-to-man, woman-to-woman, because it's not just men who do this. Sometimes there's women who are really trying to pursue someone else's husband, and we need to be able to say, hey, I don't like that. Like, why are you doing this? This is out of bounds, and we need to be willing to, to have those hard conversations. You know, another thing that I think is a huge red flag when it comes to kind of, you know, leading us to having an affair, it's if we're in a place in our marriage where we're not exhibiting a lot of affection to one another. Yeah. You know, this this means we have closeness. When we have physical affection that is honestly non-sexual, just, you know, holding hands, kissing, having each other's arms around each other, that shows a closeness. But when we kind of have a cold dynamic between each other and, we're, and there's not a lot of physical touch, you know, that's gonna lead us to maybe look outside the marriage. It, it kind of, you know, we as, as human beings, we crave that some more than others, but it is a way to, to have closeness. Dave's smiling at me I'm right now. I'm laughing right now. Because, because he's a cuddler. I'm I not a cuddler. I just need to be held. I wish <laughs> we were holding each other right now uh, and speaking into the same microphone he instead of two different ones. He wants to be a cuddle ones. podcast. That's right. We just cuddle the whole time. And we even took the five love languages test, which is a great book, a great resource, by it's the way. awesome. Um, to learn your spouse's love language. And one of your top ones was physical touch. And I laughed because I my thought, top oh, one. you know, let's, let's cuddle all the time. But for you, you appreciate the foot rub, the rub language. You like yes. to be rubbed. It's you a like, rub language. Yes, yes, you like to be. And, and I do that. I'm happy to do that. Um, 
but that and guys, listen. I think a lot of times we give physical affection only when we want sex. Uh, you guys have got to be willing to give non-sexual physical affection as well. I mean, like Ashley said, hold hands, put your arm around her, um, grab her hand in public. Most women feel so affirmed um, when their husband grabs their hand in public or puts an arm around her. Now, your wife might not. She might. She might say, you know, do that at home all day, but not in public. But most of the time, that public affirmation of saying, "This is my wife. I'm." I'm so proud that she's my wife. I love her and I want everyone to know that I love her so much. And anything you can do to display that um, is, is gonna set you on the right track. It's so true. And so in the same way, you know, maybe maybe the two of you, you know, you're in a tough spot because you're not having physical affection. But if you go to work or you have a neighbor or somebody that you know of the opposite sex, and they seem to always find a reason to hug you or touch you or tap you on the leg or like whenever they laugh, they want to grab your shoulder. That's a red flag too, because they're finding an opportunity to touch you. And, and you know, just like these, you know, intimate conversations or laughter, um, you know, kind of bring hearts together in the same way that physical touch, physical touch does the same thing. And so if that's going on, you need to distance yourself and you need to say, whoa, you know, like, let's, let's not do that. Or let, let, you know, I, I, I don't like that. I mean, you need to sometimes say that if you can't just kind of distance yourself and let them know non-verbally that that's not okay. You know, if they're still taking liberties and always finding a reason to hug you, then I would say probably don't have as many conversations with that person. Yeah, and guys, don't be a creepy hugger anyway. Don't be a, yeah. I, I mean, do not. Like, there's, there's just nothing creepier than the guy that is looking for every chance to rub his body up against. It is true. Like women's body. It can get you in big trouble too. Listen, if if you wouldn't hug a guy, another guy that way or that much, then don't you dare go hug women that way. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's not cool. It's not appropriate. Yeah. Especially married women. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure the single ladies don't want it either. You know, like they don't, (laughs) it's like, just because they happen not to be married doesn't mean that you get to grind on them. No. I mean, just... We really need to watch our body language. You know, yeah, we, we just gosh, do. You do. You Absolutely. Know, I, and I try to just if I try to just do the side hug. Yeah. Which uh, again might make you feel you know look weird. Like what's up with the side hugger? What's what's he up to? But I don't I don't want to smash my torso up against the woman's torso that's not my wife. And I just think that nothing good comes from that. That's that's a funny image, but no, you're right. You're, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. But it's true. And the side hug, I know we joke about it, especially in church world. It's like, oh, it's the Christian side hug. But really why we do it is it is the most respectful kind of hug you can give to someone of the opposite sex because it's friendly and it's it's a it's a, a physical way to show some warmth and some camaraderie, but it's not creepy, right? Because right. you're not just, like you said, I mean, you're not smashing your body. Hey, together. We're assuming you're so. not grabbing their rear end no, on the side don't hug. No, grab their rear, right, but, you know. <laughs> You know, hands hands high. Yeah, that's right. That's keep, right. Shoulder. Keep the hands the high. Keep the that's hands right. high. But give as much physical affection as possible to your spouse. See, when yes. when you're meeting each other's needs at home, emotionally, physically, in every way, then it's like you're going out into the world just you're safeguarding each other. Right. When right. you're meeting each other's needs. And so don't let your marriage get on autopilot. Like I think a lot of times when we just set the marriage on cruise control, we're just cruising along, grinding it out going through the busy season of dropping off the kids where they need to go, getting stuff done at work, and one busy season leads right into another. And husband and wife just kind of become like two ships passing in the night. You know, yeah. we, we're we not connecting. We're not intentionally coming together. And you've got to be so intentional. I mean, you do. And like, you know, even last night, um, uh, Ashley was like, you know what? Like, we hadn't planned this or structured this, but I feel like we need it. Let's, let's do a date night tonight. Yeah. And Thankfully, there's a, there's this drop-off childcare place that 
is a gift because we've awesome. never lived any place that had it where you don't have to schedule it or anything. You just take them, drop them off, pick them up whenever you want. So we, you know, we can leave our two older boys at home to do their homework, take our two little ones to this drop-off place, go out for a nice dinner together, reconnect, um, and still have everybody back in bed, you know, by regular bedtime. And yeah. but we had that time, and that means so much. And so don't don't make excuses. It's so easy to just say, oh, well, right now it's not practical, or we don't have time, we can't afford it, whatever. You make a way when something's important and you make an That's excuse right. when something is not. And you've always got to make a way to stay connected in your marriage. Exactly. I mean, take take those initiatives, you know, to to reconnect with one another. And maybe if, even if you can't go out, you can sometimes put the kids to bed early and just have some Netflix and chill time and talk to each other. You know, those are some of our favorite date nights too, because I know sometimes you can't always go out, but going out is awesome because you can kind of have that focus on your marriage. You know, but sometimes... I think we can get in the habit where, like Dave said, we're two chips passing passing in the night and we're just kind of doing our own thing. And then we get, you know, on Netflix, or I'm sorry, on, on Facebook and we're just going through Facebook, looking at everybody else's, you know, marriage that appears perfect because they're putting their highlight reels. And we start fantasizing about a life that is not our own. And maybe it's with someone else. You know, maybe we're like, oh, if I only married that person, I'd be on that trip in the Caribbean right now. Or if I only married that person, you know, he'd be hugging me like that. Like, that's really dangerous. I mean, yeah, that is just messing is. with fire. And it really opens up our hearts to, you know, wandering outside our marriage. And so please, please stop doing that. And, and you know, I think it's easy to do when we're in a rough patch in our marriage. You know, if you feel like your spouse is not really connecting with you or giving you time and attention, or maybe you're bored with your marriage and you're just like, I'm not even really sure if I love this person anymore. That's those are really like big red red you know flashing signs to say listen you all you know need to get together and get some help you know every marriage goes through tough spots absolutely but don't let those tough spots you know make you guys get you know further apart let it bring you two together because honestly even in our own marriage some of our toughest times and we've gone through some tough times you know we have chosen to really lean into each other rather than looking outside the marriage absolutely. and so we've grown through that you know and i am thankful i don't want to go through those hard times again but I'm thankful for them because we grew closer together through that. And so I just encourage you, if you are having a rough time right now and you've even considered like, maybe we should divorce or maybe I should get with somebody else, I just I just pray for you guys and I just urge you guys to, to talk to each other tonight. Have a gut level honest conversation about what needs to change in your marriage to bring you two closer together. And then if you need help, seek out a Christian counselor. Now, you know, you can go to marriagetoday.com and you can find a Christian counselor near you. You can look at our articles. I mean, there's all kinds of videos and articles that can help you guys talk about whatever's going on in your marriage and the troubles that you're facing. And you can get through this together. Please, please do not look to someone else, you know, outside of your marriage of the opposite sex to solve all your problems because it's honestly only going to make your problems worse. It really will. It really will. It's never the solution that we we hope it will be. But next episode, episode four, we're going to go there. We're going to talk about what to do when that terrible mistake has happened, when yeah. an affair has taken place. And listen, this hopefully is not the boat that you're in, but every single one of us know people, know people that are in this in this situation. They're in the aftermath of an affair, yeah. trying to move forward. So would you text those friends? Would you say, listen, I want you to tune into episode four of the Naked Marriage Podcast. They're going to be talking all about um, how to recover, how to move forward. But we've got a next step for you as well. And that is to let you know about our upcoming Naked Marriage book. The Naked Marriage isn't just a podcast. We've got the Naked Marriage book 
coming out February 2019. You guys are the first to know about it. You can learn more about the book and pre-order it at nakedmarriagebook.com. We are so excited to share this resource with the world. I think it's I think it's shaping up to be the most important resource we've ever, ever created in terms of building a stronger marriage. And, uh, and we're just excited to share it with you. We are. So make sure you go to nakedmarriagebook.com and be the first to get it in your hands. We know that it could change your marriage for the better. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will see you next time.